welcome to the Whitehead Ross Education and Consulting Podcast. Join us as we celebrate the work, recognition, education and careers of our guests. Welcome to the first ever episode of the WREC Rep Podcast. So what does that even mean? WREC actually stands for Whitehead Ross Education and Consulting. But for the sake of this podcast and the content that we're going to be creating, we're going to take WREC to stand for Work, Recognition, education and careers as we celebrate with our guests their kind of background journey to where they've got to today which leads me on to introducing our first guest and this is really exciting because this year Whitehead Ross Education and Consulting actually celebrates its 10th anniversary. So our first guest is Mr. Ian Ross, Managing Director himself. And in this episode, he talks about how actually he had no intention of starting a business, how it actually was presented to him as a bit of a side hustle. And he talks about his top tips for what's made the company successful. And he talks about his excitement for the future. So if you are looking for some inspiration, motivation, uh, looking for your onward journey, or just enjoying hearing about people's journeys, then this is the podcast for you. So please stay tuned to hear from Mr. Ian Ross, Managing Director, Whitehead Ross Education and Consulting. joining me this afternoon. I'm very excited to get this podcast underway and with you being the first special guest where we can learn all about the history of Whitehead Ross Education and Consulting and um, you know we want to know why you were set up and what's happened over the last 10 years because we are now celebrating 10 years of the company and really like to know plans for the future. So thank you Ian. So tell us about your background, about what you were doing before before this all started? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I started working for a youth charity in uh, Wales. So the charity helped unemployed young people to get back into work. So I had a bit of a background starting in in the voluntary sector. Um, And then I left um, this charity and I was teaching part-time. So I'm a trained teacher by trades. I was teaching A-level economics. And um, I started doing a bit of freelance grants and bid writing. And um, one day I had uh, this training company, a mayor for Tidville in the the Welsh Valleys, uh, get in touch. And they said, um, would you be willing to write this tender for us for free? And if we win, we split the delivery of this new programme 50-50. So obviously it must have been a quiet week Joe because I um, obviously not could have had anything else to do so I um, not the greatest uh, offer is it but there we are anyway I accepted it we wrote this um, um, I wrote this uh, application for this um, funding and it was in it was in Caerphilly actually again in the in the South Wales Valleys um, and we won it and uh, the rest is history so Whitehead Ross then grew and grew and grew 
Um, and then eventually in 2015, I took voluntary redundancy from this um, college I was uh, teaching at. Um, it was College Gwent, in, again, also in the South Wales Valleys. So um, I took the plunge and went full time for myself. And just since then, um, I think in 2015, I think we had about 14 staff. And I think we're now up to 80, 83 staff now. So it's just kind of... Yeah. continue to become a monster really absolutely yeah. so the first three years of the business then you were building it alongside working full-time as a teacher absolutely so I was only working two and a half days uh, teaching A-level economics and that's what took me to um to Wales as a student yeah. um obviously you can tell from my accent I'm not um I'm not Welsh I'm a foreigner <laughs> from across the bridge in England but um yeah and it kind of I would say for anyone who's looking to start up their own um, business, say working part time, at least it covers, the, you know, you've got your mortgage covered, your bills are covered yeah. um, and it gives you a bit of breathing space where, um, and I'll be honest, the first year or so of running uh, Whitehead Ross, I don't think I earned a penny from it, but it was just for the love of doing the different programs, working mm. with young people and unemployed yeah. adults and helping them back into work yeah yeah so the fact that you enjoyed it and it was a bit of a side hustle at that point did you ever think it would become your full-time job or did you think it would just be like I say a little side hustle it's a good point um let's just say I didn't intend to like start a, an organization that does lots of skills-based programs because I was just doing freelance bid writing so writing grant applications for different charities and, and so on so it was never intended to go down this like garden path to what it went down but it just kind of another garden analogy it just grew organically um wow. and um yeah and to, to what it is what it is today and we're still carrying on growing we've got this new program starting off in Kent next month which we're really excited about yeah. um and what's really nice Joe last week I was in Merford Tidville um because we've got this new um, traineeships program starting in Mayor for Tidville and uh, ironically that's where I first started in the sector so when I worked for this youth charity my office I was based in Mayor for Tidville um, and it's just ironic that I'm back to where it all kind of where mm -hmm. my experience in this particular sector started um, mm -hmm. and it's such a small world um, some of the new staff who were going to be joining us in Merfa. Um, used to work for the same this youth charity I worked for um, oh, about 12, 13 wow. years ago. So, and mm -hmm. um, also last week when I was in Merfra, I um, one of the old centre managers who's still there all these years later, I saw her for the first time in 10 years. So, it's a very small community in yeah, the yeah. training and adult community yeah, learning sector. Yeah. Kind of everyone kind of gets recycled and yeah. um, <laughs> pops up just with but a few grey hairs. <laughs> So, so if you could go back and um, yeah, ten, 10 years ago when you were sat in your office in Merthyrville, if you'd been able to look ahead 10 years, would that have scared you to think like where you've gone? I mean, I know it's been an organic progression, but if someone had said to you 10 years ago, you're right, in 10 years time, you're going to have eight, nine, 10 centres, you're going to have 89 staff. What do you think you would have thought? I would have thought they were absolutely bonkers, <laughs> to be honest, but um yeah, it, it comes with challenges, though. So it's like anything. If you've got, say, any 14 staff, um, you're going to have fewer issues. When you've got, like, 80-plus staff, um, you have a lot more issues, don't you? And people are complex individuals. Human beings are complex. And more staff you employ, the more challenges you've got, the more issues some staff might have outside of work. And sadly, 
some staff might not work out for whatever reason yeah. um, in, in their job roles. Um, so, yeah, it's just more more headaches on a greater scale. But then that's with any like organisation or any business as you grow. You take on more managers. I think we've got 11 managers now. So um, whereas before there was only two of us. So yeah, yeah. It, it's just upscaling really, isn't upscaling. it really? So after, you, so after you setting up in Wales, was Brighton the next centre that you opened? Yes. Yeah, so we started off in uh, Skewin. So Skewin's in Neath Port Talbot. So uh, Port Talbot's quite well known for the steelworks. Um so after skewing, we then opened up a centre, a small centre in Swansea city centre, also in Wales. And then our first England centre was in uh, 2016, in fact. So um, um, in Brighton, and it's just kind of gone from yeah. like Brighton to Swindon. And I think Dorset came along then. And um, yeah, yeah, lots of other children there after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so exciting. And, and let's say I've been involved now for the last four years and just to see that growth over that time and the new faces and the new contracts, you know, it's, it's always seems very fast moving, but in a good way, you know, they, they, you, I just feel like there's a, there's always a freshness to the company because there's a new thing coming in or a new contract. It's, there's nothing stale about the organization at all, is there? Which yes, is yeah, really, really good. So um, have you got, a, oh, it's probably unfair to ask you this. Have you got a favorite center in terms of part of the world or? Um, that's a good question. Um, what I think I love most is going out and about. And before COVID, it all like everyone, it was all Teams and Zoom and um, all of that. But what's quite nice now, being able to go back and about again and actually physically see people face to face and visit visit us uh, like staff and different teams. Yeah. That's the thing I enjoy most. I think about going out and about. Yeah. But if you're asking me what my um, favourite centres are. Um, I think I enjoy going to Newquay yeah. because it's like it feels like you're going on holiday, but you're not yeah. really because it's Cornwall. But you, it feels like you're going on holiday until you get there. But yeah. um, that was quite nice last summer. Just the beautiful beaches mm. and obviously spending having evenings to go out and yeah. um, support the local hospitality sector. Absolutely. Um, but and I, I do enjoy going to Dorset as well. I love mm. going to Dorset, and um, but. Um, but yeah, it's, for me, it's just going out and seeing people and seeing yeah. how hard people are working. And we are really lucky. We've got some amazing yeah. uh, staff who are very committed and work yeah. so incredibly hard for all of the different yeah. uh, participants we have on yeah. our And programs. I think it's really nice that you, know, you, you still maintain that level of sort of personal contact with the staff as well. I know it gets harder when you've got mm. 89, but I think there definitely is the feeling that you know, everyone knows you, anyone feels like they can approach you, you know, people do feel appreciated with little pizza Fridays and, you know, little gifts that appear and of course the, the annual staff retreat, which is a, a big thing everyone looks forward to every year. So I think it's really nice that although it's grown, it doesn't seem to have lost that kind of personal touch. I mean, you might feel that it has, but being of where I'm sat as one of your members of staff, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like that. Um, and I think, yeah, I think we do quite people, mm. um, embrace that as well. So yeah. And I think the, the thing that we haven't lost, um, OK, there's always going to be some critics, aren't there? You can't please everyone all of the time. But one thing that I feel we've retained quite well is our um, kind of commitment to staff well-being. Yeah. So even like only two weeks ago, we had the Welsh government come in and assess us and we've held on to our gold 
yeah. small workplace health awards and that's all around well-being and mm-hmm. that we how we consult staff how we respond to staff um and just yeah, yeah no. well-being in, in general really and to, mm-hmm. to have retained that even though we've grown again um not many organizations have the gold small workplace health awards i'm really proud that we've mm-hmm. still managed to hang on to it and I know sometimes they're always cynical aren't they they say oh yeah but they um but these assessors they went out and about spoke to staff so there's no wrapping it up or trying to tell people what to say it's a genuine I personally feel it's a genuine um, reflection of how things are yeah and another good example of that is the matrix award that we hold as well and how we give information advice and guidance to you know Mm. our learners or other people and how all of our staff are engaged in that as well it's a real key factor it's not always about just deliver the course and that be it it is about Mm. really caring for the individuals in front of us and if we can't help them we're you know the staff are always really good at signposting to other people to support those learners which is really really good yeah. Okay, so, so looking ahead then, so what do you think is going to happen in the next 10 years then, Ian? Oh, gosh, I don't know. If I make it another 10 years, it's like grey hair and uh, <laughs> so sleepless nights along the way. Um, no, I'm, I think just looking ahead, I think what I'm keen on is to just build on what we've got. So we've ended up in lots of different new areas. We uh, went into the Humber in Hull and East Riding up in the northeast um only last august but i think i want to try and build on all of our existing bases because you don't sometimes you don't want to spread yourself too thinly um but um but yeah and i think for for me it's making sure that we retain and hang on to very good staff and we're very lucky we've um, like just even you Joe and Jess in Wales for example we've worked on diff- multiple different programs now and you get programs and funding that comes and goes but if you're a good provider and a quality provider it just makes it that much easier to win new funding and different programs and yeah. um, it just means staff can move around onto new programs can't they like what well, even mm-hmm. like well, with, yeah. with, with you yeah. Joe yeah. absolutely yeah and then the, the, there are opportunities for people to, to move around, which is really, yeah. really good. So do you still feel excited about the future and, and the business and the organisation? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I look forward to coming into work um, every day. And just last week, I was speaking to uh, um, someone from another um, adult community learning training provider. And that one of the benefits of our sector, it's pretty recession-proof as well. So, um, um yeah, I, I am excited. So I think there's other opportunities um, on the horizon. We're always looking at new um, new contracts. In fact, every weekend I spend a little bit of time looking at what new opportunities for funding yeah. has come around. Every week there's about 400 new contracts released by the public yeah. sector across yeah. the whole of the, yeah. the UK. But um, yeah. So do you miss having face-to-face sort of learner delivery yourself in your previous teaching I do I do well when I first started and this is what quite amuses me sometimes you sometimes get new staff saying well you don't understand what it's <laughs> like and I thought well actually I've been a youth yeah. worker I've done the engagement with job centres to promote yeah. the programmes I've been in the classroom yeah. delivering qualifications yeah. I've been the, the quality person to deal with the different qualification yeah. um, awarding bodies so I've done such a varied range of yeah. roles um but it, it's quite nice to kind of um dabble and get back like help out mucking every now and then so yeah, um 
I'm trying to think, uh, back in October last year, I think I covered a session with um, 15 ladies for support work in schools who were doing a teaching assistant course. Yeah. I walked in and they all wolf whistled. So <laughs> uh, obviously I've still I've still got the moves, Joe. You've still got it. <laughs> but, um, no, I do enjoy, um, yeah, I do enjoy going out. And that's why, going back to what I said earlier, I like going out and about when I go into our centres, I don't just like speaking to staff. I like going to chat to people on our programs yeah. and finding out how they like what they like about it what yeah. they don't like and yeah. um see what they feel that should be changed and yeah yeah and yeah. no, I think that's some of the best stories that we share certainly through our social media is the learner successes or their little quotes and seeing them go on and, and do things so yeah that's that's really good to see yeah. I just wanted to touch on talking about interesting programs and you were talking about it feeling like you've been on you go on holiday and you go to Newquay of course you did go out to Malaga quite recently as well didn't you to set up the Malaga project yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh god it was all uh, so we've won this uh, Erasmus EU funding and also cheering funding so we're able to offer people a two-week work placement in Malaga Spain mm. um, and it's an amazing opportunity it covers mm. all of the flight costs the accommodation and gives someone a quality work experience placement so we've mm. got some people who are doing a teaching assistant courses for example uh, doing two weeks in a Spanish school mm. we've got some uh, adult learners who are doing customer service so they're like doing a placement in some of the museums in Malaga whole variety even someone in a um, a brewery a Spanish brewery as well yeah. but um yeah I was very fortunate back in well I was fortunate it was one of the most exhausting work trips I've ever done but we ended up being tra- dragged around Malaga by one of our hosts to visit some of these employers and it yeah. was I think it was about 37 degrees and trying like wearing work clothes and with a jacket on yeah oh my goodness everything was just soaked through with with sweat so um yeah some people thought I was off for a bit of a jolly (laughs) but I can assure you it absolutely was not a jolly I think having a swim on the last day in the sea was probably one of the perks um, yeah. and and on the beach, but yeah yeah but it's such a good program and we you know speak to some of the learners when they come back from that and you know one from the first cohort she is now going into she was a teaching assistant she's now looking to be a teacher and they do say things like it's really opened my eyes to opportunities so I think everything that we do is um is about yeah. that really isn't it and I think it's you like any, yeah it's yeah. like any work trip, like when you go away and people who are listening who do a lot of travelling for work will agree with me, but you often go somewhere, you get off the train, you're in your meetings, you eat in the evening, you go to bed and you never really have time to have a look around. But it was quite nice when I went to Malaga. I did have a have an afternoon to myself to be able to yeah. uh, take in some of the sights and sample mm-hmm. some of the culinary delights I think we've established that already yeah, absolutely. Yeah. oh brilliant Ian thank you so much for your time this afternoon I think it really is um you know certainly in celebrating the 10th anniversary that to hear a little bit of your your story and you know how the organization has grown so is there anything else that you think anyone listening might like to hear either about setting up a business or any little anecdotes that you can think of or anything you just think would be useful to share yeah. Um, my top tip would be to partner and not try to go it alone and do not see other similar organisations or similar businesses as competition. So when I when we started out, one of our successes was partnering and bidding for new opportunities um, in partnership rather than because you 
any organization when they're starting out they're inexperienced and to get that first foot on the ladder i think it's crucial to um to work in partnership with similar businesses and um you can achieve far more working together collaboratively than you can Mm -hmm. on your own um and sorry i'll give you one more second tip one thing that i found really invaluable as well was um getting involved with the federation of small businesses Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really helpful. So when we took on our first member of staff, just by being a member of the Federation of Small Businesses, the FSB, you've got access to like um, a free legal advice mm-hmm. line. Yeah, you get free business yeah. banking with the cooperative mm-hmm. bank. And yeah. as well as that, all of just that, those support networks, isn't it? And yeah. um, I, I'll be honest, I hate networking. <laughs> I I can't think of anything worse going into a room with strangers and trying to make polite mm. small talk. Mm. But mm. but I think it, it, it does have its uses and everyone's in the same yeah. boat. Everyone's often got the same challenges, challenges as you in their, their, in their different, different sectors. sectors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in conclusion, partnership and join the FSB is what yeah. I would say. And I think yeah. what you said there is really important because I always think, you know, there's no wasted conversation, is there? And sometimes you have a, a chat with someone at those sort of events and you never know whether, when or wh- if ever they're going to become useful to you, but it could be months or years later that it is about who you know a lot of the time, isn't it? So yeah, you just never know who, you know, when you might need that person. So yeah, no such thing as a wasted conversation for sure. So oh brilliant thank you so much in like i say yes, I think thank you for inviting me oh no and i'm sure we'll have you back because like i say this will be the first of hopefully many um episodes as part of our new podcast channel but i think uh, yeah, it was important to have you on first so thank you very much for your time ian i'm gonna stop the recording and there we have it the first ever episode on our new rec podcasting channel work recognition education and careers we've got lots more to come for you so we'll be sharing these regularly um i did realize i forgot to introduce myself at the start of the session so thought i would share now so my name is joe thompson i'm engagement manager with whitehead ross education and consulting and i'll be bringing you future podcasts so thank you again and we look forward to speaking to you soon